Um, some of those might be desirable, some might not. And and by the way, that's an important point is because you're upgrading it to or you know upzoning it to whatever to C1 commercial one, that's not a guarantee that they build an Aldi. There's all kinds of other things that would fall within C1, and let's say something falls through between the changing of the future land use and the zoning and the actual acquisition by the development group that wants to put an Aldi in, and maybe they don't even wind up buying it. Maybe the owner's like, ha got that sweet C1, now who else can we sell it to? Because there are potentially other developers that might want to build something there and look at that and say, well, you know, they're giving you, I'm making up numbers here, but, you know, they're giving you 200000 for the land, we'll give you three. That's always a possibility, right? When you upzone it before they take ownership. And also, even the ownership group themselves, with no ill intent, they might acquire the property and then Aldi backs out. You just you never know. And so they might approve the what they're trying to do is approve an Aldi. And what they might wind up doing is approving God knows. Because once you put the C1, you can't. And by the way, the reason it's kind of interesting, you know, there's a thing called spot zoning. Spot zoning is when you, um, it, you're not allowed to spot zone. Spot zone is when you look at like this one parcel, we want to upgrade that parcel only. And the problem with spot zoning is that it really kind of undermines the whole concept of having zoning. <laughs> because, you know, you have an area that's supposed to be one nature, and then you change just the one parcel because that's the only one who wants it. Nobody else around it does. So what you typically require is that several parcels have to go. Like in this particular case, it's five. All right. Um, and, you know, like the, the schools that are there, they don't they're, they're not part of this, except that they're going to keep operating. But they have to kind of agree to the sale. You know, there's kind of all these weird parameters. They actually said this in the meeting that in order to avoid being a, a spot zoning problem that they have to do it. And so Charles is raising the question, look, well, once you approve it, you approve it. There's no requirement that like the zoning doesn't come with a contingency. C1, if only it's an Aldi. And otherwise, it reverts back to being its previous zoning, which is kind of a mixture of a, um, a residential and a, um, I forgot, I just, again, I don't, my computer's not playing very well with me, so I don't have the uh, the uh, stuff right in front of me. But um, it was of a couple of different possibilities of what it could be. And anyway, so 437-1620 is my phone number if you have any questions about this. And I think I got my computer working right, which is great. So, yeah, I got it. I got it. We can do this. I just don't see this as the best location to have C1. And I've heard from surrounding uh, property owners. I've heard from a couple tonight. I've heard some through email, through Facebook. And I've had a few that said, yeah, they want it. They'd like to have an Aldi there. But I said, well, you might not necessarily have an Aldi there. So there's going to be people on both sides of this coin. But I don't, I can't support this tonight. And um, I just, I think there are other places we could do this type of development. So. And so he says no. Jen Brayer, who is often, um, not, not as often, it's a little early to say that, but is at least sometimes more prone to Charles Bear's willingness on certain issues. So I get the conflict, and it is conflicting anytime we do something like this and add lights and potential of that kind of commercial in a residential. I'm conflicted because everyone I've heard around there actually wants an Aldi. So my own, uh, my own son lives off Tiffin. Um, just down the street around the corner from that, they're kind of terribly excited about the idea. And as, I mean, they're all driving across town right now to go to an oldie. So here you get, let's imagine this is the situation. You got one guy who is not eager for this and he's the direct neighbor. Okay. And then you've got kind of other people who are, seem to be interested. And then at the actual planning board minutes, it seemed like there were some other people who were against it as well. But let's say there's a mixture. There's a couple of people opposed and most people are like, give us an Aldi. Okay, what do you do? What do you do when the direct neighbor 
is really against it and it will directly harm their quality of life and other people are in favor of it. What do you do? Look, I've long maintained that I think upzonings ought to be almost vetoable by even one person. Like, if the surrounding folks don't want it, when you buy a piece of property, it's one thing to say, you buy a piece of property, you know what could become developed there. But when you buy a piece of property and you're living there and it gets completely, the, the adjacent gets rezoned in a really adverse way, that's the whole purpose of having zoning <laughs> and future land uses is to avoid that problem. And so if you've got a neighbor who is adversely harmed by this, I, I'll be honest, I'm inclined to say no. Unless you can persuade me that everybody's on board, that's the reason you have zoning. This goes back to like the Jubilee development in Santa Rosa County where the Fowler family is right next door and they are not on board. And I think they have reason to be upset. Now, Santa Rosa County is a special case with that one because of the way the it was never even asked to be upzoned. It was gone in through the, uh, the land development code, this really squirrely workaround that meant that the county commission didn't even have to have the zoning meeting. I mean, they had other zoning meetings related, but they, and, and by the way, Jubilee is on a weird kind of status right now on pause for other reasons. But the point is, I said at the time, and I'll say, if you buy a property and there's zoning right near you, and then somebody comes in later and says, we want to change the zoning. You should be able to veto that. Philosophically, that's what zoning means. What's the point of just being able to ask the locals what they think if the locals who live right there can't say no? If all they are is sort of one of many votes. Because everybody bought with that zoning in mind. Anyway, so back to Aldi. What's gonna, what they did eventually is um, they... Um, uh, they went ahead and voted six to one, and Charles Bear was the one no vote, and they approved it. So there's going to be a second vote, um, and there was some procedural stuff that doesn't really matter for your purposes. But basically, it looks like we're on track to have an Aldi there, which I think most people are happy about. I mean, most people love that concept, right? They're being first of all that that'd be developed, that gets on the tax rolls, also that there's an Aldi right there. But here's the thing: I read the planning board minutes. Oh God, help me! Now that I've started a, down a, tra a trail, I'm reading board mi meeting minutes, <laughs> which I've never—I don't do that. But now I have. Um, and in the discussion about this, one of the questions that came up: This is why you have the planning board. Is um, they said, "Well, what about Eastgate Plaza? Eastgate Plaza is like mostly empty, right? Since at least the uh, the straight line wins five years ago, something like that." Right? Uh, certainly since Sally. I but still miss the Quiznos. Yeah. Well, there's all kinds of spots in there you would think maybe an Aldi would work. Potentially. Or maybe even they could build a standalone. Because you already got a Publix. Right? Sorry, I mean, you already got a Winn-Dixie. Right? You already got lots of stuff there that's no longer used. That's a great location. Maybe it's not as good as the Tippin and Creighton one. But, you know, then you'd have Walmart and Aldi and Winn-Dixie all in the same basic corner of land. Nobody could argue that that's a problem with future land user zoning. Yes, Candy? Just so there's Publix and Fresh Market right down the road. They're all within one right. mile of several grocery stores. They don't need another Aldi. I'm not trying to say that, but I get it. But, but I do love stores. And, I do love Aldi. So. And I'm sure it would <laughs> so, thrive because Creighton is a great road. And people, I mean, I'm not saying that, but, but they've already but, tra got the but traffic on that road is already a mess. It's very well used. Trust me, I drive I drive Creighton and uh, Tippin like several times a week because we have a son at PSC and that's how we get him there. Okay. Yeah. So I know that area very well. And got all the best food places too. I, what up? I'm just saying that if you've got a resident or two that live right there and say no, that should be your key factor, especially if you have other places that it could go. 
So they voted no. I'm sorry. They voted yes. It's likely to vote yes again. I'm just telling you the way I look at it. 522 on News Radio 92.3. I'm Andrew McKay. For adults with moderate to severe plaque psoriasis, poor candidates for systemic or phototherapy, now there's SkyRizzy. Rizin Kizumab Rizza, a prescription only 150 milligram injection. With SkyRizzy, three out of four people achieve 90% clearer skin at four months. And SkyRizzy is just four doses a year after two starter doses. Nothing in me go hand in hand. Nothing on my skin, that's my new plan. Don't use if allergic to Skyrizzy. Serious allergic reactions and an increased risk of infections or a lower ability to fight them may occur. Before treatment, your doctor should check for infection and tuberculosis. Tell your doctor if you have an infection or symptoms, such as fever, sweats, chills, muscle aches, or cough, or if you plan to or recently received a vaccine. With SkyRizzy, you could achieve 90% clearer skin. Ask your doctor about the number one dermatologist prescribed biologic in psoriasis and visit SkyRizzy.com or call 1-866-SKYRIZZY to learn more. You love your car or truck, right? We love it too. This is Mike Ryan and Mike Ryan's Truck and Auto Accessories. For a cooler summer and protections from harmful UV rays, we'll tint the windows. For safety and security, we have alarms, backup cameras, and dash cams. And for the most beautiful vehicle on the block, our full detailing service will make it look brand new. We have so many custom accessories, it's impossible to list them all here. So come see us at Mike Ryan's Truck and Auto Accessories on Industrial Boulevard at W Street, just north of Marcus Point Baptist Church. Advertising, marketing, digital marketing. These are words you hear a lot about in today's world, but what exactly do they mean? How do you get started? Where do you get started? You can start by tuning in to the Pensacola Expert Panel today at 9. Join me, Tasca King, and I'll tell you how to navigate the changing and fast-growing landscape of digital advertising. That's today at 9 on the Pensacola Expert Panel. The Pensacola Expert Panel, 9 to 11 weekdays on News Radio 92.3 AM 1620. From county commissioner meetings to the blues, Andrew covers it all on your morning drive on News Radio 92.3. Informative, local, dependable. Call you wandering all over the track. Yeah, well, the son of a just slammed into me. No, he didn't slam into you. He didn't bump you. He didn't nudge you. He rubbed you. And rubbing son is racing. Good morning, 525 here on News Radio 92.3, informative, local, dependable. I'm Andrew McKay. It's Pensacola Morning News, dependable as your computer is. Uh, <laughs> as my computer is. <laughs> I'm actually more dependable than the computer, but that is a low bar today. Uh, David Wayne is in the newsroom with our headlines. David? President Biden says he does intend to run for re-election. Uh, that's what he told ABC News, though. Uh, he says he has... Other things to finish before he starts a full-blown 2024 campaign. Uh, And he hasn't officially announced a campaign, but uh, First Lady Jill Biden indicated last week that he is ready to formally launch a re-election bid soon. Ruling expected any day now by a federal judge in Texas could block access to an abortion pill across the country. A group of anti-abortion doctors asking a judge in Amarillo to vacate the FDA approval of uh, abortion pill Mifepristone. And Tommy Fury has handed YouTuber turned boxer Jake Paul his first career defeat. 
Uh, Fury beat Paul via a split decision in a fight in Saudi Arabia on Sunday. Fury's the uh, younger brother of uh, heavyweight boxing champion Tyson Fury. Okay, all right. David, thanks so much for the update. 526, you know, we uh, had a bunch of things happen over the weekend. The uh, Pensacola Habitat Food Truck Festival. Uh-huh. That was very good. Oh, my God. Listen, um, w- w- without saying anybody ever is is not awesome, which is not what I mean, uh, this was the best food I have ever eaten at a judged competition. Seriously? Oh okay, great. Well, well, think about it. Because we all judge the, a lot of stars. Yeah, I did, but yeah, you do. Yeah. And, and I love all of our events. I'm just telling you, the food truck festival food was phenomenal. Because each of these ones, it's like they're all professional cooks. Sure. Who make their living or not on the basis of whether they've got, you know, a loyal fan base for this awesome food. And then they pick their best thing and give it to us to try. <laughs> what was so, one of your favorites that You know, out? I can't really. The thing that I ate was that was so good was, I don't even know how to describe it. And it irritates me because I don't know who made it. Because, uh-huh, sure. you know, you don't get to find out. Right, right. It, but it was like a, um, like a shredded pork or brisket thing that had um, some black beans and fried polenta and cheese and some amazing salsa on a, like, I don't know, fried cornbread tortilla it's hard to describe. I'm just telling you that it was amazing. And, you know, um, there may have been leftovers because, you know, I took some home. And I may have had it the last two nights in a row afterwards. And it may have been also amazing, even reheated. So, hey, thanks for the warning. Oh no, I'm just kidding. God. No, I'm <laughs> well, just you know, yet. you may have your stuff. Yeah, right. um, <laughs> that's awesome. No, that's awesome. So, and there, I mean, but there are other things as well. But that was the one that most stood out because I just right. ate it last night. Yeah. Um, but also because, and everybody's like, Where'd that, where's that from? We got to find out. And they wouldn't tell us. <laughs> right. But when you judge, they just give you numbers. Right. And, they just right, give you the food so. and then the numbers. Yeah. Anyway, so that was a great event. That's really great. was fun. Um, yeah. Then Pensacon, of course, was fabulous. Did you go? I, I went to the uh, costume contest uh-huh. at Phineas Fogg's and fabulous. The, did you uh, win? <laughs> did I win? <laughs> yeah. um, hey, it's best H dressed duty. as a yeah. uh, <laughs> off-duty talk radio host. Yes, that's me. I got to meet uh, Ming Chen. <gasps> Ming oh. Chen. Excuse me. I it's always say Chen. It's, it's Chen. It's Chen. Oh, he's such a sweetheart. Oh my God, the agent design major, dude. That's you, awesome. Was you know, he cool? Tell me he was cool. He really is. Really a nice guy. And he's from Detroit, so we were talking about Pistons and Tigers. Oh, I didn't know back that. In the day. Uh. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> no, but like you, you know, there's always this problem of like celebrities are often one way on the screen, and then they're a different way mm-hmm. in real life. And um, he's like even nicer in real life. Oh, thank God. And you know, one thing my wife always finds irritating about that show, Comic Book Man, is mm-hmm. that um, the other guys are just always so mean to him. And he seems like the he seems like the one that you'd actually want to have as a friend. Oh, sure. He's been with that whole group though yeah. since the beginning. Like the clerk school, not the very beginning, but view askew. And yeah, and I, I, I didn't want to ask him about it, but I, you know, my my kind of thought I was like. Bro, <laughs> you know, why do you put up with those Nimrods? Yeah, right. And, uh, you know, just because he is, he's just like a sweet guy. And they're always making fun of him, and it's really not appropriate. But, no, he's a very, very nice guy. Anyway. He was like my second friend on AOL. Oh. <laughs> no, we, nice. I know, I know. You remember me? So the uh, the costume contest was great, the uh, the top costumes. And I put a post up on Facebook uh, if you want to see. Amazing. Um, the amateur, con- amateur group was a uh, Five Nights at Freddy's from the video game, which is, <gasps> they did awesome. Yeah. Actually, it's kind of funny. The, uh, the mom of one of the kids who was in that group wound up standing next to me where I was shooting my pictures from. Sure. And she's like, are you Andrew McKay? And I got to meet her and we were friends on Facebook. I just didn't know her in person. Uh-huh. And then so sh- her kids were winning. You know, you know, and I got to send her a bunch of pictures that I took. Anyway, it was really neat. That's then cool. there was one who was, I didn't know the show, so I couldn't tell you. And then another one was a Doom character oh. that he, you know, created all right. it all for himself. So yeah, no, Pensacon was fabulous. Obviously, they already announced next year. And uh, David Wayne will have your local news next. 
News. I'm Chris Foster. An Energy Department report says the COVID-19 outbreak likely started with a lab leak in China. The Wall Street Journal publishing an exclusive report saying the department changed its assessment based on new intelligence. A spokesperson for the Energy Department responding to the report to Fox News saying, quote, the department continues to support the thorough, careful and objective work of intelligence professionals in investigating the origins of COVID-19 as the president directed. Fox's Brooks Singman. Federal investigators are looking for pieces of a medical transport plane that went down in the Nevada mountains Friday night. All five people on board were killed. The last radar return was at about 11,000 feet. And um, the evidence we have at this point is that the aircraft broke up in flight. And TSB Vice Chair Bruce Landsberg there says airplane parts have been found up to three quarters of a mile from the crash site. America's listening to Fox News. Good morning. It's 531 News Radio 923. Cloudy skies 71 right now in Pensacola. Pensacola Christian College back to normal today. They had a brief lockdown over the weekend. It was caused by a PPD police pursuit ending on campus. Happened when officers tried to stop a vehicle uh, several miles from the school. The driver, though, reportedly did not stop and fled onto the PCC grounds. During that pursuit, the suspects were allegedly throwing things from the vehicle, including drugs and what officers thought was a gun, although it was later identified as an airsoft gun. The chase ended on campus and nobody was hurt. Walton County's Habitat for Humanity has raised over $30,000 this month at a fundraiser event. That money going towards building a new home for a single working mother in the area. The money was raised during a fundraiser called Hard Hats and High Heels at the Sandestin Beach Golf Resort. More than 200 people attended. SpaceX had to scrub a planned overnight launch that would have sent four crew members to the International Space Station. The Crew-6 mission launch from Florida's Kennedy Space Center was called off at the last minute due to an issue with the ignition system. Basically, the stuff that we use to ignite the engines on the first stage. The next launch opportunity comes just before 1.30 a.m. Tuesday Eastern Time. Two NASA astronauts, a Russian cosmonaut, and the first long-duration astronaut for the United Arab Emirates will spend six months on the ISS before returning to Earth. I'm Trey Thomas. The half-brother of civil rights activist Reverend Al Sharpton now facing 20 years in prison in Alabama. Kenneth Glasgow pleaded guilty Friday in Montgomery to federal charges including tax evasion, mail fraud, and drug conspiracy. Uh, prosecutors say a minister and victims' rights advocate out of Dothan used money from charities that he ran for his own personal gain. Under the plea deal, the 57-year-old will avoid trial and go directly to sentencing in the case, which will be held at a later date. And police in Orlando and the mayor there as well speaking out after a possible act of hatred. Some people were passing out anti-Semitic flyers yesterday at Lake Nona at Laureate Park. Police responded, but no arrests were made. It is 5.33 at News Radio 92.3. Let's get a look at our Channel 3 first warning weather. This is meteorologist Brooke Richardson with your first morning weather update. Another warm and humid day today. Temperatures rising near 78 degrees for your high. Small chance of an isolated showers, otherwise mostly sunny skies. Overnight tonight, temperatures dropping near 67. The warm and humid pattern continues for Tuesday. Temperatures rising near 80 degrees with a 10% chance of a stray shower. Tuesday night, temperatures dropping near 66. Stay connected to the Channel 3 News First Morning Weather Team. Download the WEAR-TV weather app. This is Brooke Richardson from the First Morning Weather Center. Thank you very much, Brooke. 
Westbrook right now. It is 71, partly cloudy in Pensacola. It is 70 in Gulf Breeze, 70 in Milton. Our next news at 6 o'clock. Breaking news anytime it happens. I'm David Wayne. This is News Radio 92.3, informative, local, dependable. What is News Radio 92.3? Informative, local, and dependable news from WEAR TV and the News Radio News Team. Informative, local, and dependable talk with Andrew McKay, Jenna Barr, and Bobby Rossi. Informative, local, and dependable traffic with traffic on the fives during your morning and afternoon drive. Informative, local, and dependable weather. Informative, local, and dependable coverage of breaking news and when disasters strike. That's what News Radio 92.3 is. Informative, local, dependable. When you were 18, you spent your spring break in Cancun. The party was legendary, and you speak of it often, even though you don't remember half of it. The geeky kid who sat across from you in math class stayed home, practicing calculus. You made fun of her. A lot. That is, until last year, when you owed the IRS a lot of money and called the certified public accountants at Benakis and Associates. And she answered the phone. Who's laughing now? The number crunchers at Benakis and Associates live and breathe accounting and tax preparation. It's practically in their DNA. When you need to know what the heck a Form 656-PPV is, call Benakis and Associates. When you need a QuickBooks Pro Advisor, call Benakis and Associates. When you need someone who practices long division for fun, call Benakis and Associates. Now in the historic district on 120 South Alconies and online at flacpas.com. Benakis and Associates. Leave the numbers to the experts. The new year means a new resolution, and one of the sure things on the menu is weight loss. Tune in tomorrow at 10 on the Pensacola Expert Panel as one of the ProHealth team members will be the guest, and we'll be discussing how ProHealth Medical Weight Loss Program can help you during the new year and beyond. Get ready to feel and look better with the ProHealth Medical Weight Loss Program. That's tomorrow at 10 on the Pensacola Expert Panel. The Pensacola Expert Panel, 9 to 11 weekdays on News Radio 92.3 AM 1620. We all do it. Joining online home improvement groups and saving our favorite kitchens. Thinking, someday. But a kitchen remodel seems too expensive and time-consuming, right? Actually, you would be surprised at how affordable and efficient it can be. And with Home Outlet, you have access to the largest selection of in-stock cabinets, plus completely free kitchen planning services. Let the experienced designers at Home Outlet help you turn Sunday into today. Visit your local 100% employee-owned Home Outlet to get started. Fox News personality Brian Kilmeade, afternoons at 11. Before Dave Ramsey, on News Radio 92.3, informative, local, dependable. Good morning, 537 here on News Radio 92.3. I'm Andrew McKay. It's Pensacola Morning News. And uh, joining us on Friday, we had a chance to talk to Michelle Salzman, state representative for the House in uh, uh, District 1, which is the northern half of Escambia. I mean, everything north of like 10 Mile, basically. And uh, about one of her bills, uh, one that made a lot of news last week. Michelle, welcome back to the Pensacola Morning News. Well, thank you for having me. You're so kind to apologize. It wasn't your fault. I literally couldn't find my phone. <laughs> <laughs> well, either way, we have you now, and so we'll take it. 
I wanted to have you on to talk for a minute about this um, education reform bill that you've got to be, you know, kind of shifting some of the priorities to make space for students of military members. Uh, before we get into, and, and I have questions, and I think I might disagree with you a little bit about some of these provisions, but um, that's fine. That's why we have these conversations. Um, I wanted to give you a chance to maybe explain it for a second first, because, of course, I agree with the emphasis on trying to make school more accessible to military students who struggle so much when they move from place to place. So what does the bill do? So um, the bill does two things. One, it now it eliminates the entire fee for um, if a school were to go over classroom capacity, um, they would be fined a fee. And it was two different components of the fee. 50% was calculated in one way and 50% was calculated in another way. Originally, the bill was filed to get rid of half of the fee, but after um, partnering with the Department of Education on some of this language, they said, you know what, we, we probably collect around $600,000 annually in all the fees combined. Let's just get rid of the fees altogether. So now the bill oh. gets rid of the fees if you go over classroom capacity. And the second component, which was the component from my request, that, that piece of it was really from the leadership side. They're trying to do a lot of stuff with school choice this year. But um, the other component was I brought to them the, the issue that we've been having in Escambia County where um, our school district was not giving our military children when they moved here the opportunity to participate in the magnet schools in B. Cook, um, Brown Barge Middle School, and West Florida High School because you have to enter those schools from kindergarten or sixth grade or ninth grade. So if they got here any other time in their lives, they couldn't participate in one of the top three performing schools in the district. And when your public schools are the bottom 10% in the state, it's really hard to get your military families to actually bring their dependents with them. They'll geobatch before they bring their kids and put them in a school that they're not comfortable with. So it, it really was because I wanted to just help our military families feel a little bit more welcome in Pensacola. And, and by the way, I love the idea of allowing class size not to be something that schools are penalized for if they accommodate military students. I love that part. Of it. I, to I totally agree with that part. I so love um, I love that term, though. So so Representative Salzman, here's the kind of the, the thought I've got when I read the bill is I thought uh, my most experience is we had two students go to Brown Barge, right? And uh, Brown Barge is a very unique program where the seventh grade builds on the sixth grade and the eighth grade builds on the seventh grade. And it really is a three-year program. It's not a one plus one plus one. It's a three-year program. Uh, a Cook, I don't think, is structured quite that way. And West Florida, I don't think, is quite as much that, even though there's some degree to it. Uh, but particularly at uh, Brown Barge, somebody who shows up, you know, middle of the seventh grade, not having gone through the first year and a half of that process is that's they're going to be out of the alignment with what's going on in the school is my concern and also it's meant to be you know toward the end of like for example the project at the end and all that kind of stuff and so allowing military students to come in i love the idea of it it's the practicality of them coming in part way through they're going to be disadvantaged from that how do you answer that concern well, that, that concern is a, a very small concern whenever you look at the big picture and what we're really trying to do, and that's give these kids access to a really good, a really good 
education. Now, I've talked to several school board members. I've talked to the school choice director. I've talked to many folks in the district as well as people at these schools. And, yes, it will be uh, complicated. They'll have to figure it out. But it's not that hard. I mean, you're going to have to create some sort of structure, and, and they'll have some time to figure it out. That's why I went to them now so they can start planning and, and figure out how they're going to make it work. But it, at the end of the day, their sixth grade level, their seventh grade level, their eighth grade level, they're all um, they're, they're all still structured to be based on the level of learning. So even though, you know, it builds sixth grade, builds up seventh grade, eighth grade, you still are in sixth grade math, seventh grade math, eighth grade. The fundamentals are still being taught at the level that you're in. So all you're catching up on is some of the, I guess, the, the programming and activity base that they're participating in. And, and I think that, um, that that's the least of our problems when we're looking at how we can make our school district more friendly for military families. And the other question, and this is not as much of an objection, it's just more I don't know. What kind of additional volume would be put into the magnet schools if at, at all levels, you know, through Cook, through um, Brown Barge and through West Florida, what if military families could get in past the deadlines and requirements and things like that, which, I, again, I agree with the sentiment here. I'm just kind of thinking, you know, structurally, what is the actual impact going to be? Do you know Do you have a sense of the numbers? Uh, no, I don't. I don't have any numbers at all, and neither does the school district nor the military um, installations. That is something that, when talking to Lucky or um, Village, you know, and, and other base commanders around the Panhandle, nobody really does have a number. We haven't actually calculated that, but um, I, I, I think that um, we have some time to to figure it out. I, I, I can't imagine it to be where it would just completely blow up or explode uh, one of the schools. Nobody has had the, the major concern of we're going to be in so much trouble, there's going to be too many kids. The only concern I've heard from the school district is we're going to have to figure out a way to structure bringing them in, like, okay. like your initial question. Okay. How do we do that? Not Because they actually – the capacity is not based off of um, class size which is how they were able to circumvent the state law. Because, Andrew, the state law says they're supposed to be doing this already. But there's a few school okay. districts in Florida that were calculating um, the, the capacity by the term capacity instead of class size. So when, this, when the legislature wrote this law years ago to say we want military families to have the, the priority access to all education as they come into Florida, they said – um, they can, regardless of class size. And that term, regardless of class size, some school districts said, oh, we're going to calculate by capacity. So they, they wordsmith their way around the legislation. So when I even went to leadership and said, I think we need to do this at the state. I've been trying to do this for two years locally, and it's been something going on for years. They said, that's not going on. There's no way that's happening. And I said, yes, they are. I mean, it was it was several days of back and forth where I had to actually get the language from the school district to show the state so they could believe that we were actually not allowing the kids in the magnet school. So they're doing this in almost every county in Florida except for a few. So it, wow. it's, this bill really just cleans up what it what the intention of the legislature was many years ago. So it's really a kind of a glitch fix that's been that's been causing a real life problem for the military. 
military families. All right. Well, I appreciate that. And, it, you know, and, it and it's good to know that obviously, you know, the military families are asking for this and it's something the legislature intended to have in law in the first place. So I appreciate that. That's that that answers or at least alleviates some of my concerns and questions I had. So that's why I wanted to have you on to talk about it. Michelle Salzman, she is our state representative for District 1 in Escambia County, the north half of the county. As always, Michelle, great to have you on the show. We'll talk to you again soon. Thank you for being available. Thanks. Take care. Very good. Thanks so much, Michelle. 546 here on News Radio 923, informative, local, dependable. Hey, if you're thinking about selling that home, uh, you want to get the best price, right? You want to know if it's the right time. You want to know if the market is going to get better, get worse. What's going to happen is now the. Well, that's why you ask. Don't ask me. Ask Christina Leavenworth. This is literally her job. This is what she understands and knows how to do. She and her team at Levin Rinky Realty sold more than 200 homes the last couple of years each year. I mean, that's not total, that's like each year. Uh, it's kind of ridiculous. So um, when the market is doing really well, when the market is hot like it was, I know there's a tendency to think like I don't need a realtor as much because anybody can sell a house. Yeah, anybody can probably sell it. Do you get the best price for it? Well, that's why you bring in an expert because they really know and they can really make sure that happens. Uh, on the other hand, when the market is cool like it is right now, oh my goodness, this is really the time when it benefits to have a realtor because and a good one. Right, which she really is, uh, so she can understand exactly what's the best way to set the price and stage it and show it and all that kind of stuff, which is, they're very good at this. In fact, she's so confident uh, that she can get you the best results that if she doesn't sell your home in 30 days, you won't have to pay her anything. You don't pay her a seller's commission, right? That's the idea. She's that good. She knows she can make that promise. Also, um, she's got a list of investors who will buy cash. If you want to, you know, if you're really motivated to sell right now, she can do that too, whatever. So just call her and find out what Christina Leavenworth and her folks at Levin Rinky Realty can do for you. 723-9158. 723-9158. Join Claimology Thursday morning at 1030 on the Pensacola Expert Panel. Matthew Vanderford with Claimology will be talking about insurance claims. He'll be discussing storms claims, as well as the importance of being properly insured prior to a storm and inspections after a storm. Matthew will be taking calls to answer your questions so you'll know what you need before the next storm arrives. The Pensacola Expert Panel, 9 to 11 weekdays on News Radio 92.3 AM 1620. VIP Care is bringing better health to the Pensacola community February 27th and 28th. Both days they'll be on hand at the University Town Center from 9 a.m. till noon, where they'll have giveaways, raffles, and we'll be answering all of your primary care questions. VIP Care specializes in primary care for Medicare Advantage members. They proudly accept Florida Blue Medicare, as well as most insurance plans in the county. Come see VIP Care February 27th and 28th. You deserve better health. This Wednesday on the Pensacola Expert Panel at 9. Join the Great Southern Restaurant Group, home to the Fish House, Atlas, Jackson's, Angelina's, and Five Sisters. They'll be discussing, coming up this month, the Atlas Beverage Class, Jackson's Cooking Class, and other fun things and promotions that you won't want to miss. That's all Wednesday morning at 9 on the Pensacola Expert Panel with Great Southern Restaurants. The Pensacola Expert Panel, 9 to 11 weekdays on News Radio 92.3 AM 1620. As a small business owner, what keeps you up at night? Just knowing if your email got hacked or your phone system went down, it could cost you thousands in revenue as well as your reputation. That's where Data Revolution comes in with their unique position to take care of you and your business IT support, phone systems, cybersecurity, and more. Secure it and sleep better at night by going to datarevs.com. Winner of the 2021 Best of the Bay for IT support. Datarevs.com. Pensacola right now with Bobby Rossi. Afternoons 4 to 7.
after Dave Ramsey on News Radio 923. Informative, local, dependable. messed up on Friday in our, oh that's that was also that's the other thing I was thinking about replaying that Liam uh, Thompson interview I just totally forgot yeah could have done that too oh well she's you know, so you, wonderful she, she was fabulous I feel like we're best friends <laughs> even though I only said I, love I failed I failed I failed I should have had her scream Wolverines and just oh well, you know the things you think you think things you think of later. Well, I screamed it when you were introducing. Oh, her, good. So, okay, yeah. so perfect. Marines! Five fifty on News Radio ninety two three. Informative, local, dependable. David Wayne is in the newsroom with our headlines. David. David Wayne. David Wayne! <laughs> what do, an you introduction! You need to hold up a stolen AK forty seven when you do that. David Wayne. <laughs> What'd you say, David? I said, what an introduction. That's wonderful. Never go. before. All right. Uh, this week brings a, a handful of economic reports to keep a close eye on. Pending home sales due out today with consumer confidence in the Case-Shiller Home Price Index. Tomorrow in the weekly Jobless Claims Index coming out on Thursday. Uh, a ruling expected any day now by a federal judge in Texas could block access to an abortion pill across the country. A group of uh, anti-abortion doctors asking a judge to vacate the FDA approval of the abortion pill Mifepristone. And SpaceX had to cancel their late night launch that uh, was going to carry two NASA astronauts, a Russian cosmonaut and a, an astronaut from the United Arab Emirates. Uh, they were all set to go to the uh, International Space Station for six months. They had to ca- had to cancel that due to an issue with the ignition system. Okay, it, it sounded like the beginning of a joke. Like a Russian cosmonaut, <laughs> right, right. this guy from <laughs> right. Okay, sorry. They Quite on, a crew. They got onto the launch pad together, and then oh boy. All right, David. Thanks so much for the update. Five fifty-two here on News Radio ninety-two-three. Oh, we got word over the weekend that the uh, National Park Service is going to be. Uh, restarting the uh, fa- well, not the, it's not the park service per se, but uh, that the ferry service is going to be restarting. Uh, starts on March fourth, so that'll be uh, coming up this is that this weekend. I can't think. That's Monday, right? March fourth is a week from today. Uh, my, my, not my calendar in front of me. I believe that's right. It's a Saturday. No, maybe it is. Okay, no eight. Yeah, no, that's right. Saturday. Okay, I. You know, it's a shortened month. This I February. A this February. This apparently only has twenty eight days in it. Isn't that weird? I mean, sometimes. Yeah. No. So, yeah, that's true. Three quarters of the time. Uh, so anyway, <laughs> they're going to be doing it. I was okay. I, I've only ridden the ferry when it was free. I've as, never. I didn't even as a media person like when they were unveiling it. Basically, um, I've I've never really thought this was the great commuting option that people wanted it to be and i know people who ride it always enjoy it it seems a bit pricey to me and it has always seemed a bit pricey and the price is okay here's the price so because they're reopening um you know they haven't been able to run out to fort pickens fort pickens is now going to be available again which hasn't been since sally right right okay so 30 bucks for adults does it take your car over too? No, 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 no. There's so no cars on this thing. Just you. <laughs> all right, I'm not going to say anything because it sounds like I'm disparaging it. But to, just to ride yeah. over to Pickens? Yeah. Well, and so it used to be that you, the as I remember, gosh, the uh, the ferry. I don't remember if it was all day you could ride any link, but I know it would get you to Fort Pickens, to Quietwater Beach, and then back to Pensacola. Okay, was uh, at least, and I thought maybe you could ride it all day. I just again, I've only ridden it as you know when they were unveiling it. Uh, so thirty dollars for adults. $24 for seniors, uh, military college students and persons with disabilities. Um, there's a weird gap, though, like high school students, uh, 16 to 
college don't get a discount. Um, youths three to fifteen get a discount for twenty bucks, and it's free for anybody two and under. So I was just doing the math on this, like going out to the beach, let's say, or going to Fort Pickens. Okay, let's say I take my family to go to Fort Pickens. Um, one hundred twenty-eight bucks. Or I could drive. <laughs> yeah, or you could Uber for yeah, right and for a like, quarter, of and that. I would and back, back you know, and forth. I would pay a awful lot less. So I think what and but then if you compare it to like renting a boat, you know, then it starts to become comparable. I can see, you know, it's a lot cheaper than that. But then again, if you rent the boat, you have so I don't know. It's yeah, it's comparable to renting a boat, what which is, is what you are doing. That's but that's saying. what you're doing. You're I'm renting a boat. That. I know. You know? But you could so just... if as as an alternative to a car, if you're price sensitive, the prob the answer is probably never, never. If the alternative is renting a boat, well then okay, you know, and you can obviously I don't know. So I want to be supportive. I have long held the view that uh, I didn't think the ferry service would really be a long-lasting proposition. Of course, the first ferry operator left, right? Because it wasn't, I remember that, you know, yeah. it wasn't working. And I remember when we were first doing the ferries. There's a lot of conversation about. Do you remember the Ferris wheel? Um, weird first spelling of the first four letters. Just a thought. And anyway, so <laughs> I mean, it's not related. Uh, but anyway, so you know, that's opening that, next. That week. was fun too, but I never got to do. I mean, it was twenty bucks. Yeah. To ride a Ferris wheel on Pensacola Beach. It's like you can get two now, drinks for that. And now that. that's in Atlanta, right? So It is. I, I heard. Or in I the vicinity anyway. Oh, COVID happened and I just kind of hid. <laughs> so I, I, don't really, I, forgot, I didn't Nobody know we had a ferry service. That's, oh, that's right. a bad butt. Wow. Four, three, seven, sixteen, twenty. Oh, a teeny tiny little note from mm-hmm. the uh, deep dark recesses of one month ago news. I can't believe we were actually put on pause. Huh. Am I anxious about being back? Does it seem like I am? I'm glad to be back because this is what I was made for. I mean, as a walking, talking candy, my options are pretty limited. The M&Ms. Oh! I was like, I don't remember saying that. They un... They... they <laughs> sounded like George Santos, that middle one in, did. In what can what? only be described, I think, as one of the least spectacular advertising ideas ever, they uncanceled the M&Ms. They were never going to be canceled in the first place. Remember they had Maya Rudolph come on the Super Bowl and do that goofy ad? And That's the one. I've not seen it because I didn't watch Super Bowl, and that's the only one that people aren't showing. Yeah. Oh, the funny commercials. I've not <laughs> seen any Maya Rudolph. And plus, it's like, okay, dude. So they were, you remember, they were they got canceled, <laughs> and then they got uncanceled, yes. and then now they have the little commercials coming back. So legs and I just, I'm happy that they're uncanceled. I, I don't know. It's just so weird. You know, I, I just hate to support them at this point, frankly, because uh, it was so dumb. Four. Four, three, seven, sixteen, twenty. What else do we have going on? There was so much over the weekend that was fun, and uh, I think I did all of it, <laughs> frankly. Yeah. Oh, one thing. Um, just just a quick note is um, downtown. Uh, just I hate to say it quite this way, but whenever you park, pay attention because lots have been changing from un paid to paid parking mm-hmm. and you got to look <laughs> you i remember the I uh, we talked about this the, the lot by the ferry that one changed but just kind of pay attention you know even my our, our son was down he's uh, 18 he was he's kind of a new driver even though he's 18 and he was going to pensacon and um my, my wife's like now pay attention to the signs because things have changed he's like i know i know i know oh and he texted me right at i was at the food truck festival doing ex, doing judging and he texted me he's like dad your secret parking space is gone i'm like Great. <laughs> That's how you know the parking is bad when yeah. when and I'm not going to tell you where, but you know, it, it's a good one. Uh, but apparently not good enough for Pensacola. You give your son my number. <laughs> I have, have several spaces. Yeah, yeah no. man, I'm the queen of parking. Now I will say this: this is this became a, a weird thing for the Mardi Gras parade last weekend. If you notice down on Main Street, you, you remember the, the there was an item that the mayor had come and asked for more barricades. They wanted to buy more of the 
um, the metal looked like bike rack barricades, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, the, we talked to Mike Wood about this, the police officer uh, from PPD, and he said, "Yeah, that's you know for parades and things like that. And they sometimes they go on loan and then they don't come back and all mm-hmm. kinds. So they that's wanted right. more. The well, they had yeah. yeah, they had the new ones out mostly at uh, Palafox and Main Street because that whole corner." You know, oh, I bet they, they yeah, had they had that like for I don't know half a block in either direction in all the directions was barricaded off, which hasn't been that way before. But it's understandably that's a good thing to do. The challenge is that all of the floats when they turn west off of Palafox and they go, they turn right onto Main Street and they go to wherever they're supposed to go. They're supposed to stop throwing beads and animals and things because people aren't supposed to line up at that part mm-hmm. of the, the parade route because that's where traffic is still correct, going. Correct, right? Well. Guess what happens when you put up the barricades in people's mind? Oh, this is a place to wait for the parade. Absolutely. So people were flooding that area waiting for the parade. And guess what happens when you have a bunch of people yelling at you and you're on a parade float and you've got beads and stuffed animals and moon pies is you throw them at them. Of course. So the area that was meant to be like kind of blocked off just for safety's sake uh, to keep people from wandering into the traffic. Good plan. And the... Parade floats were told do not distribute things at this area. Don't feed the public. Yeah, right. Well, how did that hold up? <laughs> it did not work I at do all. Do not care. So yeah, so you had more people and you had traffic issues and you had the parades, parade floats giving stuff to the people. So I'm sure they'll figure out a better solution for next year. Just this year, that was a a little bit of a mess. <laughs>